another edition of the CJ McCollum Show. It is currently Tuesday, November 21st. I am at the New Orleans Pelicans practice facility. I just wrapped up practice. It's been a long uh, three weeks. A lot of changes in my life. A lot of events have occurred. And I'm thankful to be speaking uh, on this podcast today. Thankful to be sitting across side Cassidy. And I hope that you had an eventful three weeks. I mean, don't get me. I'm like, I'm getting emotional. Like, I don't. This just hit me. I'm just. I'm happy. I'm happy to see your smiling face. I think a lot of the fans were happy to hear an update from your coach yesterday about you know that you were going to be returning to practice and then you participated fully in practice. But man, you had a lot of people scared. Um, and you know, I know you've dealt with this collapsed lung. Like even just saying that. It's, yeah. it's, 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 those are, those are scary words. Um, sure. but you know, this is your second time dealing with it. Uh, can you just explain what it's, what it's been like, how you found out you had this injury again and how you're on this road to recovery? Yeah. So I've had a cough for a little while now. I had a, a cough that I think I got from my son. My son gets sick all the time and he gave me a cough that lasted probably longer than it should have lasted. I was on codeine, I was on a Z-Pack and those types of things. And normally, <clears throat> for those that have taken codeine, you understand that mm-hmm. your cough normally gets better. Um, in this case, my cough didn't. And I actually got elbowed in you know, the, the rib area against the Knicks, which hurt, but not as bad. And then I got elbowed again against Atlanta. And it really hurt when I got elbowed um, against Atlanta. I ended up finishing the game. And that night... Uh, I started wheezing a little bit and my cough got worse. Um, it went from, you know, like a deep cough to like, you know, like that, that type of cough where you kind of gasping for air. And my wife was like, you need to um, get your, your lung x-ray. You need to get a chest x-ray. And I was like, all right. So I called, it was a Sunday and we were actually supposed to fly out, um, to Denver for a road trip, um, after practice. So I went into practice to get treatment like I always do. And I was coughing on the table and I had called, and the doctor, the team doctor, asked about getting a chest x-ray. He's like, we don't know if we can get you in or not. The Saints got a game today, whatever, whatever, but we're going to try to get you in today. And they called back and said, we can get you in. I just got up off the table and left. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, like maybe I had pneumonia in my lungs or something like that. And <clears throat> after the imaging, the doctor calls me and says, you got a small collapsed lung. And I was like, stop playing with me. Like, he's like, I wouldn't play with you. You know, I wouldn't joke with you about something this serious. And that's when I was like, okay, like how big is it? Um, was there anything else in the findings? And, you know, I found out that I had a cracked rib as well. So my, one of my ribs mm. was broken. And I think the trauma actually caused the, the lung to partially collapse. And that's when we get, began the process of speaking to pulmonologists. Do you think it happened in Atlanta? I think it happened you- in Atlanta. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think based on the imaging of the fracture um, that I had in my ribs and the fact that the lung was partially collapsed and it was a small collapse, they could kind of tell that it had happened days prior, not weeks prior, which means, you know, the day before, I'm, I'm assuming that is when it happened on that play, uh, where I got elbowed in my in my ribs and began the process of speaking to pulmonologists. I had to call my family, let them know, and they were you know obviously freaking out, and I was you know nervous and worried because it's like you said before, it's the second time, and I didn't really understand it, and I went through a bunch of testing and imaging to make sure I didn't have any genetic issues with my lungs or anything like that, and. Um, everything has been pretty positive. I understand that it was a traumatic incident that caused it. And I'm just an unlucky, lucky person. I would say that. Right. Uh, was it the ha- same lung as the, as the, when you had it in Portland? Yeah, it was the same lung, but a different part of the lung, um, mm. than the first one. So 
Yeah, it's it's a unfortunate situation that I went through, but thankfully I've been through it before and I understood, you know, the steps I needed to take to get back, what I needed to do from a breathing exercise standpoint, from an oxygen standpoint, and how long I would need to take before I began to ramp up and begin contact, obviously, with the broken rib. I needed to kind of rest anyway, um, to kind of let that heal a little bit more. But uh just I'm thankful for the doctors and, and thankful for the specialists that I use to to kind of give me guidance and um, the biggest thing is, you know, health is a priority. This isn't like an ankle sprain or anything like that. This is an internal organ situation where you want to make sure everything is how it's supposed to be. I want to be a father to my kids and, you know, a husband to my wife and live a long life, like a long productive life. So I just had to make sure everything was how it was supposed to be. And I'm in the final stages of, you know, beginning to ramp up. And uh, fortunately, I was able to practice today and uh, take some more steps. Is that no contact? No, I was full contact today. Okay. Well, that's yeah, so. Yeah, we, how do you determine if you can take contact? Like, is it around the clock, you know, monitoring? Like, so after practice today, did you have to go get? It's not an X-ray. What, what, no. kind, what kind of tests do they do? No. So I think the beginning stages are testing to make sure the lung is fully expanding. So I get imaging. I start with MRI and then I do CT scan, chest X-ray. So that kind of shows, you know. If you've ever been in a scan before, you have to breathe, you have to hold your breath, exhale, yeah. all that stuff. So they can see the lungs expand and if the air is leaving, you know what I mean? Like making sure that it's, it's fully expanding properly. When it's collapsed, it doesn't fully expand. And my lung has, it obviously has healed. I've gone through the process of you know checking and confirming that it was healed. And then it was about small steps, right? 50% max heart rate, you know, heart rate monitor, exercise 30 minutes on the bike, then I go to a treadmill, then I go on the court with the heart rate monitor, then I go back to the treadmill, 70 to 80% of max heart rate on the bike, on the treadmill, on the curve, then I go on the court, and then I start ramping up where I'm wearing a heart rate monitor and I'm slowly increasing my intensity and my workload on the court while monitoring any symptoms, um, whether that's coughing, whether that's wheezing, whether that's chest pain, those things. And you know, obviously I care about my life, so I report accurately. Um, and then you just kind of continue to progress that way. And this was, you know, the next step is like seven to eight stages. And this was the next step was to do a contact practice. And obviously we're in season, so contact practices aren't very long. Um, it's just certain segments and parts of practice. Um, I'll do some more stuff tomorrow and then kind of go from there um, and continue to provide feedback with my doctor and be in touch with my pulmonologist to make sure that uh, everything is going how it's supposed to. And then that he gives me the proper timeline to go from practice to playing in games, which should be soon. So, um, I'm excited about that, and I'm thankful, uh, you know, for the doctors, team doctors, and you know, the personal doctor that I've used for this matter. And I'm just happy that I can play the game I love uh, with good health and being around my family. And you know, it's 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 not funny, but it's funny. You know, the first uh, time my lung collapsed, I had a baby on the way, and the second time my <sighs> lung collapsed, I had a baby on the way. Um, so I think it's you know divine. Is that time. just you trying to like tell your wife like, look, I'm going through labor pains too? No, nah, <laughs> like, no, nah, I would much rather no. experience something else. No, besides of, co- of course. But I think it's divine timing. <laughs> oh you know, my was, gosh, yes. Yeah, I think it was meant for me to be at home for a little bit. Meant for me to kind of center myself, settle down, spend some time with my family. Uh, really appreciate the, the things that I like. I, I think a lot of times we take for granted. Better perspective. I gave other guys the opportunity to play more, to develop more. Uh, I think our team is better, you know, from some of the injuries we've gone through and the experience that the guys have gotten. So I think there's there's bright ways to look at it. I'm still alive. I'm still able to breathe and hoop and uh, be fit and uh, have a long life ahead of me. So I'm 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 just thankful that I can do the things that I want to do and the things that I was you know blessed enough to be able to do. 
man, CJ, this is just, it's like, you know, it's, it's all heavy, but also just gives so much perspective on, you know, being thankful for, um, just being able to have the proper medical care around you and, you know, um, thankful for, you know, like you said, to be able to be there for your family and, um, so much life has happened for you in this last, uh, you know, three weeks. I mean, as you mentioned, congratulations on your baby daughter. Um, this is also a big kind of announcement in mm-hmm. terms of like, I, there's, you've, you've been having to deal with a lot and you said you haven't been able to kind of officially announce it. Um, what better way than on your, on the CJ <laughs> McCollum podcast that, uh, you have a brand new baby daughter. How, I mean, how's that been father of two now? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, shout out to my wife, the real champion of all of this, carrying the baby and pushing the baby out is an incredible, incredible thing. Um, the greatest gift on earth, being able to see a baby go from the belly to coming out into the real world, being able to hold it and, and it becoming a special part of your life. And to be able to have a daughter, um, I had a, obviously I have a son. To be able to have a daughter, it's just a different feeling. Um, the the way they look at you, uh, I think the, I think it changes you. It changes your mentality, how you think about stuff. Obviously, you have a son and you have a daughter, so you get the best of both worlds, all in one. And to, to have everybody healthy, I think it's just a huge blessing. And the road to the recovery was wild because my lung collapsed, and the first thing I I, I thought about was I can't fly, and um, mm. I was like, we were having our baby at John Hopkins in Baltimore, so I was like, oh, this is a problem. Um, I can't fly and oh. we're having our baby in Baltimore and I ended up uh, taking the car 18 oh, hours. Oh, really? Yeah. I, wow. I, I got driven to Baltimore because I couldn't Immediately? Fly. Like, so what was the timing? Did she, when did she give birth? Like, was it yeah, very we, close to when you, uh, uh, your lung collapsed? My lung collapsed on like Saturday. She gave mm-hmm. birth the next, not that Monday, but the next Monday. Um, so I, I ended up going to Baltimore, like on the weekend, it, it took me like a day. Wow. So you were and driving, were you still in pain? Like how, how bad has the pain been? <laughs> the, the pain is more of the ribs. The breathing the ribs. has gotten better. Um, once the lung fully healed, the breathing is, is back to normal. It's just the, the ribs, you know, when you break a rib, it's just sore. The movement is sore when you sneeze, when you cough. Um, it's just sore, um, for quite a bit. Is it still? If, if anybody has broken their cough? rib. Yeah, yeah, but thankfully I'm not sneezing and coughing as much. But I think yes, when you have that type of injury, it just takes time and rest to heal. But when you ramp it up to play, you don't really, you're not really resting. Well, CJ, I mean, I think I could speak for everyone in the basketball world and, you know, your world. We're just so, so glad that you're, you know, on the mend and you're feeling better and you're, you know, being properly taken care of. And obviously it's, as you keep saying, you're just happy, you're healthy and you're here. Um, that is not to be taken lightly, but you know, the, the question about when you're going to return to basketball is obviously there. I know you're, you practice fully for the first time today, which is Tuesday. Um, but what does it look like? You know, last time you had this injury in, in 2021 with, with, um, Portland, you know, you were cleared and then you didn't return to the, you know, playing in games until three weeks later after you were cleared. So, you know, do you have an idea of what that looks like for you, um, in terms of when you could possibly return? 
Yeah, I think the situations were different, um, mainly because it took longer for the the lung to heal last time. I think it was a different type of collapse, if that makes sense. But also the timing of when it happened was um, during COVID. So I wasn't able to do much Mm. in the facility because our team actually had a COVID outbreak. We had uh, seven or eight players test positive in a day. So I wasn't able to do certain stuff in the facility. I wasn't able to ramp or have contact at all. I don't think I had contact at all between my lung collapsing and returning to play. So it took a little longer. And then my my son was actually born on January 10th. So I didn't return until after my son was born because of COVID and the fear that I may pass it to my wife and uh, potentially to my unborn son. So that situation was different in this case. Um, yeah. Not to mention all the heightened, you know, um, yeah. oh, uh, respiratory awareness and, you know, caution that people t- were taking during that time as well. So Okay, so then what is that? You know, so you're saying that it could be sooner rather than later. I think it'll be soon. Um, I'll speak to my pulmonologist uh, tomorrow morning, and I'll have some ongoing conversations with him in the next couple of days to see how I'm progressing, to see how I feel. But um, it shouldn't take three weeks. That, uh, I don't, I don't foresee that happening based on how I feel and based on the feedback I've received from um, our team doctor. So I think this situation is different. My my daughter's already here. Uh, which is is something I'm thankful for. And now it's just about ramping up and then getting me okay uh, for my doctor to press go. Um, and then the other, the other part of it is the flying, um, figuring out when, when he uh, will allow me to fly and play because flying and playing is different than me just uh, flying and, and sitting on the couch with my kid. Yeah. And, and the, and the rib, is it like healed or, good you know, good enough, good enough. Good enough. I, and, and mentally, you know, one time, Obviously, it's like, okay, well, maybe that, you know, that was like, this happened to me now twice. Like, how mm-hmm. how are you feeling mentally going forward, you know, about having this kind of injury again? Is it is it something that, like, is easy to kind of, now, like, now that you know more about it, um, be less worried about? Or is it the opposite? I think it's a situation where um, you have to have faith and you have to have strong mental toughness to, to do any job, especially the job that we do. And it's just more about preparation, making sure I'm prepared, making sure I'm educated on um, how to better protect my body, but also understand that there's things that are going to happen on the court um, that you can't control. Um, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to do the best that I can do. And I hope that we don't have any situations like this that occur in the future. Some of it is just, you know, wearing protection and you know, having the proper padding and things like that to kind of soften any potential blows I may receive just just playing the game and the other part of it is just understanding that in life it's going to be what it's going to be Um, you can only control certain things and and that's mentality that's approach and my mentality approach is always the same when you step on this court you got to be ready to play you got to be ready for anything that comes with playing this game which can sometimes be injuries and sometimes can be success sometimes it can be um, losing but that's all a part of the game 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. In terms of, you know, what's going on with your team, um, you know, you guys you guys are, since losing those five straight games, um, had some big wins. You know, they've gone three and one, wins over Dallas, um, the Nuggets, and then as, you know, most recently the Kings, you know, one of the hottest offensive teams in the league. Um, and three, you know, Western Conference top teams. And um, things have been going really well uh, in terms of, you know, just like the overall mood around the team because it was a, it was a tough start, to say the least. Um, Zion said that, you know, you guys had a, had a team meeting and things kind of changed after that. Like what, you know, I know you've been dealing with your own – medical issues and then obviously new baby, but how much, like, what can you tell us about like just the what's happening with the team and um, Mm -hmm. you know, the vibes around, you know, new Orleans. Well, the vibes are great, man. I think the adversity has helped build character You know, going that losing streak, obviously having a lot of players injured myself, Jose, Trey Murphy, Larry's in and out. Um, Herb was out of the lineup for a few games. I think that definitely impacted our roster, impacted our depth and our ability to scheme, right? Like you, you're missing wings, you're missing guards, you're missing bigs. Um, it's hard to it's hard to win in, in any sport, especially a competitive sport like ours in the Western Conference. When you're missing multiple stars and you're missing multiple rotation guys, it's, it's just very difficult to have success. So I think that played a factor. And I think a part of it was being able to trust each other, being able to have those conversations that sometimes can be uncomfortable in order to get the best out of everybody. Um, I was obviously in constant communication with our staff, FaceTiming them, checking in while I was away, you know, talking to some of the players. And um, the good thing is that guys didn't point the finger. They figured out a way to, to look from within and, and figure out a way to get better independently. But uh, I was I was on the phone a lot. I, the day the day my daughter was born, I was on the phone um, getting getting you know, information and feedback on how we were doing and what we were yeah. looking to kind of get, get better at as, as you know, you go through losing streets, everybody's looking around, like, how do we get, how do we, how do we turn it around? And I think they've done yeah. a great job of being together, defending, rebounding, pushing the tempo, sharing the ball. The assists have been through the roof and our starters have played exceptionally well, um, especially these last four or five games. And we're, I mean, obviously you've been, you haven't, 
been around the team as much as you were if you were healthy. And um, but were you there for that team meeting that Zion was talking about? No, but <clears throat> I, I made some calls after the, the last loss. I was like, what are we doing? We got to tighten some things up. It's time. It's time for us to have a conversation as a team. And uh, Larry was like, I'm on it. Um, I'm scheduling mm. a meeting today. And we had a team meeting that morning. So Larry, so Larry was able to organize it. That's great. I mean, but, and yeah. look, it, it, it proved to, you know, be one of those situations that like helped galvanize the team. And that's what Zion was saying. It's like, everybody wasn't on the same page and that's understandable. Like, you know, it's the beginning of the season. <laughs> like we're just right. 20 games in, you know, that's nothing um, in an 82 game season. And there's a lot of changes, a lot of people out, um, you know, and those those are those are big wins against teams that you know are are rolling and and feel a sense of confidence. And so, um, you know, it's a it's, it's a good situation that's going on right now, especially with the um, with the in season tournament. You know, if mm-hmm. if you guys get a win over the Clippers and you know the Rockets uh, lose to the Nuggets, you guys would get the Group B berth. Um, and <laughs> you, could be, you, I mean. We could see you in Vegas, uh, you know, for your return, even maybe even sooner. So, uh, how do you, how are you feeling about like just this in season tournament run? And you know, we start like we talked about how you know, like let's wait and see if the excitement's around it. My take on it, it's it's been pretty good. Like it's it's been yeah. effective. People are paying attention. It like the the courts may be ugly, but you know what's happening. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about, you know, the in-season tournament and the Pelicans' ability to, uh, you know, advance to the next round? It's been a hit. I think outside of some of the courts hurting my eyes and hurting a lot of fans' <laughs> eyes, there's been really good conversations around the change, right? The jerseys are different. The court is different. The competition appears to be different, right? Where you got guys competing, um, you got chokeholds. You got lots of stuff going on to where you can really see the competitive nature really kicking in. I think it's good for the sport. It's great for the game. and It's great for our fans to be able to see competitive, meaningful games in November. Obviously, there's money on the line. And that's always an incentive. But being able to go to Vegas in December is a dope feeling, especially if you don't live in a place where it's warm. Like, thankfully, you know, I can wear shorts and a T-shirt here in, in, in the dirty yeah. south in NOLA. But in a lot of other places, it's cold. Right. And to be able to go to Vegas in December, win some extra bread, compete on the big stage, be able to play some blackjack on the side, maybe win a chip and hit Dre's up afterwards is, is never, never a, a bad thing. And I think we're in position to do that, which is really dope. I mean, let me remind the listeners that um, if you don't know, CJ McCollum is the president of the Players Association and it was his idea to, you know, said, like, either Vegas or Miami. Let's make it, let's make it interesting. And look, we heard also, you know, Damian Lillard made a good point. Like, there's a lot of guys on the team who could use that extra cash, you know, mm-hmm. like, this is, that, that that could make a big difference in their life. And so I, I, you know, I feel, I feel the momentum already. I think it's, I think it's been a, I think it's been a success so far. Um, and I think, you know, we haven't even gotten to the, the rounds where, you know, the, that, that game is do or die, if you will, where I think that the, the excitement will really pick up. And so maybe we'll see you guys there. Um, I, you know, the, as you said, the vibes are immaculate around this team right now. Um, you know, how, how, like even Zion, you know, there were some, some, some issues during that five game, um, 
winning a losing streak where you know felt like he was he was like I you know I don't I, I got to go with the flow I don't you know it seemed like the the offense wasn't running through him what how, what kind of kind of conversations have you had with him over the past couple of weeks about how you know um things have been going for him and and uh the success around the team yeah I think I mean we had a lot of conversations just about his greatness and, and what comes with greatness right um no excuse just produce you got to figure it out Ball's going to be in your hands when it matters. You're going to get your touches. You're going to get your shots. You got to be efficient. You got to be effective. And I think another part of it was getting in extra work, right? Whether that's before practice or after practice, getting in extra conditioning. He's been on the bike on on days where he doesn't play on a back to back. He still has a day, right? He has treatment. He has to work out. He's on a bike. He's doing what he's supposed to do to continue to stay in game shape. On on practice days, we had a contact practice today. Everybody participated except for I think Trey didn't practice today. So we're going live. We're going contact. You have PD work before practice. You have tape work before practice. We work on your body. And then you got PD work with BI because it's important that they can get along on the court, that they can have that chemistry, that cohesiveness. They need to know where each other like the ball. They need to know each other like certain spaces. So the more they can get those 10, 15 minutes in those daily vitamins every day is really important for us as a team because we go as they go. Obviously, there's intricate pieces around them that make the game better. Jordan Hawkins, right? Shooting the ball, making quick decisions, smart, a cerebral player. You got Matt Ryan shooting the ball really well. You got Herb, who's Mr. Do-It-All. You got JD. We got all of these pieces. Dyson. Dyson's been balling, right? Defending. Balling, yeah. We have all of these pieces, but those those pieces don't matter if if the two aren't cohesively playing well together and efficiently being comfortable together. So they're doing the right things. Saying the right things is one thing. Now I'm seeing the actual action of working out after practice together. How about yourself? Mm-hmm. Together. Me and Dane worked out together all the mm-hmm. time. It was very important mm-hmm. for us to understand, like, he likes the ball like this. He likes these spaces. He knows CJ likes to drive this way. I know he likes to step back that way. Like, that's very important because going to come a time in the game where, as I tell B and Z all the time, I need to be looking at you and know what you're thinking. And until we have so many conversations, we're not going to yeah. be there. Y'all got to have so many conversations where this eye contact, you're posting up. I know he don't got to put his hand up. I know he wants it right here. Like we got to get there and it takes real conversations and dialogue. And, and I think they're getting to that point where they understand what, what it takes to be great, but also what you have to do on a day-to-day basis. And this sometimes it's sacrifice. Like you can't go get 40 every night. Right. Sometimes you, the other guy is going, sometimes you got a high hand over here. Like, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to win. And I think it's it's a lot of people growing up at the same mm-hmm. time, which is great for our team and our roster because 60, as, as Giannis said, 69 games from now, it's going to be very important. Yeah. And look, the skill level in the NBA is so high and it's almost like splitting hairs because it's such such a small group, a uh, small fraternity, if you will. And like, it's like everyone is talented. That's why, you know, it's, you shouldn't roll your eyes when it, when it comes to the conversation of like chemistry matters in this mm-hmm. league, because it does, it's what separates teams. If they're all kind of communicating and it goes, I think really any, in any work, but it's easy to kind of uh, pinpoint it in when you're watching, um, you know, the NBA is like, are these teams communicating on the right, uh, on the same level, are they? Do they know when to give and take? Um, right. And so, when you're watching what's happening with your team right now, and you're seeing that chemistry and that bond being 
built between Zion and BI. And, you know, with the understanding of like the three of you guys, like where are we at right now and how many games the three of you have played together in total? This, I don't in even, this season? Um, in general. Maybe maybe three together, maybe four okay. together this season. So we're general, at like 14 15? in general. Yeah, 15 in general. Okay. Yeah. So are, what are you telling yourself as you're watching these games and also observing those two um, building their you know, rapport um, and it, for when you return and, you know, get inserted back into that lineup, how you can help continue to elevate this team. No, I know exactly where I fit in. I know exactly how I fit in. I know how I, how I can be a value add to those guys in terms of spacing, in terms of providing direction, play calls down the stretch of games is really important. You talked about how good everybody is in the league. When you get closer to the playoffs and you play playoff caliber teams, those last five minutes are really important. The first five minutes in the third quarter are really important, right? Start of games is, is, is important, but you got so much time. Third quarter, the last five minutes, specifically the last two minutes when the game is within, you know, five points, you need to be able to execute. You need to have the right play calls. The right people need to have the ball, which is so important um, in basketball, especially on the stretch of games. You want your best players having the ball in spaces they're comfortable in with space to make decisions and to empower whoever they want to shoot. Like Z should be choosing who shoots. B.I. should be choosing who shoots, whether that's themselves, making a pass to Dyson, making a pass to to her, making a pass to JV, making a pass to, to Hawk, making a pass to myself. They need to understand where they like the ball at, why they like the ball in those spots, and then how to be um, the director, right? Like I think Bruce said it the other day, it's like Picasso making a painting. Like you should know why you're doing certain things. Like you should know if I want to get to my left hand. Who said that last ball week? Here, Corey Brewer. He talked about oh. how when Zeke catches the ball in the post, out of respect, they're going to double. When they don't double, it's disrespect. I always say if they don't double, it's disrespect. They should be doubling you. When you take that dribble, you should know what's going to happen, and you should be able to dictate what happens. Like you want this guy to get a shot, you got to send this guy through for the cut. Like you have to think the game, and that's the next step for him. And we just watched the best player in the NBA do it, right? Joker. Mm. I think he's the best player in the league. The way he orchestrates, the way he moves the pieces on the chessboard um, in terms of when to throw the lob to AG, when Jamal Murray comes back, when they do that handoff action where it's a rip screen into a handoff with the roll replace with Porter Porter Jr. as the roll replace guy. So the tag roller is in a, in a tough spot. Do I tag the big rolling down the middle and leave one of the best shooters in the NBA open? Or do I hug one of the best NBA shooters in the world and let the roller, who's also the best player in the world, roll and pick us apart? It's like, you got to really think the game. We all got skill, but those who are mentally tough and can think the game are the ones who survive and the ones who can extend their careers, you know, and play outside of the talent. So I think it's important that we get there. And I think we are taking like the perfect strides at the perfect time. We still got a lot of games left. We still got pieces. We're going to implement Trey Murphy. All these guys who have like specific skill sets that mm-hmm. perfectly complement what we have, which is going to be really yeah. cool to see. And thinking the game needs to be in concert. You know, that that speaks to just the chemistry is, you know, how, like your instincts all need to be kind of in tune with one another. And then that's right. when you see with the Nuggets, especially in their title run, it just was so fluid because mm-hmm. all their instincts were sicked up um and so yeah it's great that you guys are feeling that way and you know like there's there's a um there's a momentum and it's 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 got to make it easier for you to be out you know and dealing with this that the team's not 
struggling that there is that you're seeing the progress being built and you know there's just uh, I think there's just a lot to be thankful for right now like you I'm so glad that you're 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 feeling better and you know that the scary situation is um that you're you, you got the proper help and got a new baby girl to be you know at home and w- like what a great you know Thanksgiving week this is going to be for you so you know you're returning to practice you got how how's Jacoby doing as an older brother? Like it's just yeah, he's <laughs> he's hanging in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, it's always hard. <laughs> he's adjusting. He's been great in terms of giving her her little stuffed animals and you know trying to be gentle, but also jealous that you're holding the baby and not him at times. So you're kind of going through yeah. that cycle. But he's actually really sick right now. Um, so he's just isolated. Oh. He's he's away from the baby and away from mama right now in the house, just kind of on the other side. Oh, well, I hope he feels better. I mean, are you guys hosting Thanksgiving? No, not 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 under these circumstances. We will not be <laughs> yeah. hosting Thanksgiving. Okay, no, no just a, just a quick a, a small family thing because we don't want to get anybody sick, especially with the little one. Yeah, uh, the newborn that makes in the sense. house. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here, and guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. So, you know, if it's going to be like a small intimate situation, is there something that like you have to have on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm actually gonna send uh send my request in today. I I, I gotta have ham or turkey. I gotta have dressing, and some people call it stuffing. Um, and I gotta have collard greens. The rest is negotiable. Like we could do cornbread, we could not do cornbread. We can do baked mac and cheese, we cannot do baked mac and cheese. But okay. I gotta have those things, and I gotta put a little bit of hot sauce. And you're like a greens. ham or turkey. Ham or turkey? I'm not tripping. Like turkey to me, it's dry. Like it's just like, do you eat turkey? Any other time of the year, like Chinese are you? Sandwich? Well, that's different. Deli deli meat is different. Are you like, let's go roast the turkey? That's no. what we're gonna do on Sunday. No, like, mm. do you think turkeys, you know, are fine with like everyone eating them on one day, or would they prefer to be like spread out like chicken <laughs> and be I think, eaten? I think the turkeys probably are, are thankful that they only they only go under they go under uh, intense scrutiny. Uh, <laughs> during certain times of the year. And then the rest of the year, they free to roam however they see fit. So I, I think it's it's pretty cool. And a lot of people aren't going for turkeys, right? A lot of people were doing other stuff. Some people fry chickens and just and just live their life, you know? Yeah. You know Popeye's is, give, is giving away chicken, uh, turkeys in a bag that you could just I take home? And the I people say that. it's really good. Not going to lie. The, I don't in, know. In, you had it? No, I haven't. But I'm thinking about it. Um, I have my uh, husband's family... Um, 
his his sister who are going to their house, uh, they're kosher. And so it's uh, just a different type of Thanksgiving. Hollabrin. Um, yeah. Um, there's just no dairy. So it's just a, it's a different kind of Thanksgiving. So the, uh, the, the, we may, me and my husband may, you know, uh, make, make, make a Thanksgiving with butter. Um, on on the weekend, yeah, <laughs> cook with some butter. Um, but I will say I agree. I like. I, I guess turkey just because it's the hot like the thing you eat. But what's your dessert me, of choice? So, I wasn't a fan of pumpkin pie growing up, but I found the best pumpkin pie in New York City, which I can't wow. even have on Thanksgiving because you can't have desserts like that either at a kosher thanksgiving because it's made with dairy too you can't but, smuggle it in and just eat it yourself i was i mentioned that to my husband i go can i just eat it like at a side table but it's walk outside <laughs> yeah I walk outside <laughs> some people go on other breaks i just want a pie break can you get or mac and cheese you're not gonna come back with break. your eyes red <laughs> from the pie <laughs> we going on a pie walk if you know, you, gonna, you know. You're gonna need some. You're gonna need some pie after the walk. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm into I, pumpkin pie, um, a particular pumpkin pie, because I feel like pumpkin pies can be hit or miss. Um, I like sweet potato pies, but I don't, I don't get them that much. Um, mm. Mm, I mean, what's your dessert? Uh, strawberry cheesecake, uh, regular strawberry cheesecake, cheesecake for All Thanksgiving. Yeah, you asked me what I like. <laughs> when, oh, when you, when you we get can to talk pick about your, desserts in general. The, like, when you get to pick your, go. you get to pick your dessert on Thanksgiving too. There's no rule that says you have to have pumpkin pie. I do, I do like pumpkin pie. Um, I like sweet potato pie too. Well, which one do you but like more? If I had to pick, like, what am I going to have? Yeah. On Thursday, I would request strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> Are we talking like where is this strawberry cheesecake coming from? Uh, my mom knows how to make it. Chef knows oh. how to make it. I'm sure my wife can find a Pinterest um, recipe. But I'm okay. actually probably going to request strawberry cheesecake. I think I really want it. And, and some cookies. Okay. We always make cookies on Thanksgiving. My wife and I What kind of cookies. cookies? We bake cookies from scratch. She does the, the you know, put it all together and then I sprinkle stuff on it and then put it in the oven. Oh. Okay. Or I stir it up. So I like sugar cookies. I like yes. white chip macadamia nut cookies. Solid. I, I like... Uh, M&M cookies, like chocolate okay. chip M&M cookies. And, so you're just um, going town on cookies. Like that could be dangerous because yeah. then it's just like, it's like it doesn't count. It's like you sneak, yeah. it's like rolls, like dinner rolls, like as you're leading up to the, the, like cookies are like that for you. It's true. But my wife found this really dope vegan, what's it called? What are people doing now where they, uh, they have no bread or whatever in there? Not vegan. Gluten but free? Like, gluten, she made gluten free cookies for this, this. This family we went to, they were gluten free, and I was like, "I even make gluten free cookies. They were amazing. Really, they couldn't believe it. Because like the Pinterest. whole sentence, you, the whole sentence you just said was vegan, gluten free, amazing. Said no one ever, but no I, one ever you know. says that. <laughs> no one ever says my, that. My my best friend has celiac, so I've had I've had pretty much all the gluten free food you could possibly have, and it's not. Yo, I'm not kidding. I'm gonna have my wife make these cookies. I'm. And I'm you're going to be it. like, is this really gluten-free? I couldn't believe it. I asked like six times. Everybody was asking, like, is this it. really gluten-free? Because like anything gluten-free historically hasn't been great for me. Personally. Yes. Fire. And they're cookies. 
So that's right up your alley. The cookie tray must be off the chain of your house. Like, this, this is a lot of cookies. And you're going to want strawberry cheesecake? All right. So what I know and understand is ham or turkey, collard greens, and cookies. Yes, we used to bake cookies. Dame used to do a Thanksgiving at his house every year. And Dame's whole family, they all come from Oakland. And his dad would make me oxtails and I eat the oxtails. And mm. they would all request cookies. He's like, did you and your wife make those cookies? Oh. And so we had to make cookies every year. So that's how we got into making cookies. Honestly, cookie is a good like Thanksgiving dessert because you just grab it. You grab Easy. it and no one's no one's like it just it's like it doesn't happen. It's like the girl math of uh you know, desserts. And then the good happen. signs they eat and they say, Who made these? And it's not like who made these, it's like who made these? These are so oh. good. Okay, maybe you need to open up your own crumble. If the cookies are on it like that, you know, people, the cookie sales have been crazy these days. Mm-hmm. Crumble has shout out to Tobias Harris. He's out here making some moolah on the franchise side. Good for him. <laughs> right, right. Well, I am, you know, so happy that we are able to, you know, get this podcast off again. You can update everybody wanting to know how you're doing. Um, we were all worried. We're so glad to see your smiling face and we can't wait to see you back on the court. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy, enjoy that little girl. Enjoy hashtag girl dad. Um, she's going to have you wrapped around her finger. Not that Jacoby doesn't, but. Oh, she already does. It's over. (laughs) It's over for me. Game's over. I'm cooked. You are, but. It's it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and we can't wait to see you back on the court in Vegas, maybe. You know, <laughs> like you reap the rewards of all the planning for the last two years you've done as you know the president of the Players Association around this in season tournament. Would be a nice touch. It would be a very nice touch. So much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you, my partner, and um, you know we'll do this again next week. Sounds good. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food. Sneak some cake in if you can and get some rest because Monday comes before you know it. I know. Exactly. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too.